just good to come together and have a good time of refreshing and let your spirits be lifted and your hearts be lifted and and uh, celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. So, you know, it just seemed good to me uh, and the Holy Spirit uh, this evening just to begin in celebration. So I'm just going to lay a little foundation from the Scripture, uh, and then we'll act upon it, okay? All right, we love your pastors, and we're so uh, thankful to be in fellowship with them, and thank you for having us. How many of you have your Bibles? Wave them, make the devil mad. <laughs> Praise God. You know, as we look throughout biblical history, we can see that God has always taken up residence in places that were built for Him and dedicated to Him. Did you hear me? I said as we look throughout biblical history, we can see that God has always taken up residence in places that were built for Him and dedicated to Him. First of all, looking in Exodus chapter 25, Exodus chapter 25, let's begin reading, of course, in verses 1 and 2, uh, and we'll just lay a foundation, as we said, from the Scripture this evening, and then we're going to act upon it. Uh, verse 1, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Now, don't worry, I'm not taking up an offering. Of every man that gives it willingly with his heart shall you take my offering. And so he said, Moses, receive an offering. And then in verse 8, notice he said, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I will show you after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instruments thereof. Even so shall you make it. So God said, Look, I want to dwell among you, and I want you to build me a tabernacle in direct specification as I, I instruct you to do so. So they took the offering. And then the Bible tells us over in Exodus chapter 40, uh, beginning in verse 33, the very last sentence of the verse, notice, uh, so Moses finished the work. Exodus 40, uh, verse 33, the very last sentence, Moses finished the work. Then, verse 34, a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and what happened? The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> so, they built the tabernacle, they dedicated it, and God came and inhabited that tabernacle. Amen. Then, of course, we see later that he transitioned from Moses' tabernacle over into Solomon's temple. Uh, you'll notice in Second Chronicles chapter 5, and as you're turning there, I'll just give you a little history lesson. Uh, you're probably well aware of this, but in First Chronicles chapter 20, David said, Lord, I want to, I want to build you the most marvelous uh, tabernacle. Or, or temple, he said, because I'm dwelling in this beautiful home and you're dwelling out here in a tent. He said, I want to make you something absolutely magnificent. And of course, you'll remember God said, David, I appreciate your heart, but you've been a man of war. You've shed innocent blood. You cannot build it, but what you can do is make preparation for it. Uh, gather the gold, the cedars of Lebanon, and so forth, and then I'll give your son Solomon a reign of peace and prosperity, and then he can build the temple. And that's exactly what happened. 
So Solomon, of course, constructed this magnificent temple. And over in Second Chronicles chapter 5, we see in verse 1 that it was finished. And then they dedicated it. So let's look in verse 13. Notice, it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For what? The glory of the Lord once again had filled the house of God. Woo! So we said to you that as we look throughout biblical history, we can see that God has always taken up residence in places that were built for Him and dedicated to Him. And how many of you know this dispensation is no different? The only difference is God is no longer dwelling in temples made of brick or mortar or stone, but He is now dwelling in one that He has created by His own hand. Look in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll begin reading in verse 19. Like I said, I just want to lay a foundation and then we're going to act upon it tonight. But Ephesians chapter 2, You are therefore now no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Notice, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Woohoo! God was not satisfied living in Moses' tabernacle. He was not content in Solomon's temple. He was looking for the day when he could take up residence in your heart and mind, a living, moving, breathing temple. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16, he said, Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, or you're the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Amen. And then, of course, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 there, around verse 16, uh, and then also verse 18, uh, he said, Uh, I I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. Right here in in the latter part of the verse. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Verse 18. I will be a father unto you. And you will be my sons and my daughters, saith the Almighty. Praise God. So in this New Testament dispensation, you and I are the temple of God. The living, moving, breathing temple. Woo! Somebody look to your neighbor and say, I am the temple of God. And everyone say, we are the temple of God. God dwells, as Smith Wigglesworth used to say, he used to look in the, in the uh, mirror every morning and say, God lives in that man. God lives in that woman. Amen? Praise God. So, we're the temple. Now, in the Old Testament... There was a priesthood from the tribe of Levi. 
And you understand it was the responsibility of the priesthood to offer the sacrifices that were required as ordinances of worship under the Old Covenant. There were daily sacrifices, weekly sacrifices, annual sacrifices. There were wave offerings, grain offerings, offerings given for restored health. I mean, you name it, they had it, and it was the responsibility of the priesthood to offer those sacrifices on behalf of themselves and the people uh, as ordinances of worship. What I want you to realize tonight that is in the New Testament dispensation, the institution of the priesthood still exists. Did you know that? How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so. Look over in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, and let's look in verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Are you with me? What does the Bible say? You are a what? Chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. So if someone says you're peculiar, you're scriptural. (laughs) A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So in this New Testament dispensation, the institution of the priesthood still exists, and you and I, as the sons and daughters of God, constitute uh, that New Testament priesthood, right? And just as it was the responsibility of the Old Testament priesthood to offer the sacrifices that were required under the Old Covenant as ordinances of worship, It is our responsibility as the New Testament priesthood to offer the sacrifices that are required under the New Covenant, right, as ordinances of worship. Now, uh, once again, just a little history lesson. You and I understand that in the Old Covenant, uh, man is separated from God because of sin, right? There's a sin problem. Romans 6 and 23 tells us the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we understand that the wages or the payment or the compensation necessary for sin is death. So in the Old Testament, there's a sin problem. So God said, look, I'm going to devise a temporary solution for this sin problem. So he said, here's what we're going to do. He said, every year, once a year, the high priest and only the high priest will come into the Holy of Holies and he will shed the blood of a goat or a calf and he will sprinkle its blood upon the altar and also on the mercy seat. And I will receive the blood of that animal as payment or compensation for the sins of the people for one year. And he said, we're going to call this day the Day of Atonement, the Day of Payment, the Day of Compensation, and we will do it every year. You say, now why blood? Well, the Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter uh, 11, is it, in verse 17 or 1711, it says, The life of the flesh is in the blood. 
Therefore, I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement or payment or compensation for the soul. So we understand because the life of the flesh is in the blood, when that blood was poured out, it was, it was as though the life of that animal was being poured out, and it was a substitutionary sacrifice uh, for the sins of the people. And we understand that Romans, uh, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 9, isn't it, around verse 22, it says in the latter part of that verse, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. That means there can be no dismissal of the charges without the shedding of blood. So he said, hey, we're going to do this every single year. And we'll call it the Day of Atonement. And we'll do it until the final solution can come, which he did. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 Uh, The Bible says, She shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall what? Save his people from their sin. How? By shedding his own blood upon the altar of the cross. The Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world, eternally purging the sins of all those who will receive the sacrifice. Who's received the sacrifice in here? Raise your hand. Woo-hoo! So the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9, 12, Neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by His own blood, He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Aren't you glad? And, of course, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 where, where the Bible says uh, it, it is not with uh, silver, corruptible things such as silver and gold. Verse 19, but how? By the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So the point is that particular sacrifice never has to be offered again. The blood sacrifice has been offered once and for all and eternally purging the sins of those once again who receive the sacrifice. And yet, there are still sacrifices that must be offered by the priesthood in the New Testament dispensation. Now, what are those sacrifices? Aren't you glad the Bible tells us? Look here in 1 Peter chapter 2. What are these sacrifices? First Peter chapter 2, look verse 5. You are as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, yes, a holy priesthood, yes, to offer what? Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So that tells us that the sacrifices you and I are to offer as the New Testament priesthood are spiritual in nature and origin. And the New Testament tells us exactly what those sacrifices consist of. Uh, One of them is found over in uh, Romans chapter 1. Would you mind opening that? Romans chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, just in mentioning mentioning it. Thank you. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So one of the sacrifices that we're aware of that we are to offer is our bodies, our lives, a living, lifetime, moment-by-moment sacrifice, right? We understand that, that worship is not an event. Right? It is a lifestyle. I like what the, what the Message Bible says of this particular passage. It says, and I'll just quote it to you. It says, here's what I want you to do, God helping you. I want you to take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That's awesome. And then it says, and don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even realizing it. Instead, fix your attention on God and you will be changed from the inside out. Isn't that awesome? So that's talking about a preoccupation with the divine, with the presence of God, with the person of God, moment by moment, day by day. So this is one of the sacrifices that we're to offer. But the one I want to concentrate on tonight and the one we're going to act upon is found over here in Hebrews uh, chapter 13. And listen, I know that you're well taught here. There's no way that I'm going to bring anything new to the table. Your pastor is a wonderful teacher and minister, but it's always good to rehearse things, isn't it? So Hebrews chapter 13, here's another sacrifice that you and I are to offer. By him, by Jesus Christ, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Everybody say the of praise. To God continually. Now notice, he tells us exactly what that sacrifice consists of. Now you've got a lot of people who have funny ideas about what praise is. The Bible tells us exactly what this sacrifice consists of. He said, let us offer to God, the sacrifice of praise continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. So, praise will always demand the expression of the heart in thanksgiving to God through the lips and the mouth. When someone says, let's praise God, that's when the mouth comes open and the heart begins to express itself in thanksgiving and honor and appreciation to God and all that He has done for us, in us, through us. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. So we, we once again understand praise is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto His name. Psalm 34, just to affirm that, that praise always involves the mouth. Psalm 34 in verse 1, what does it say? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall what? Continually beware in my mouth. Glory to God. And then another one is Psalm 71 in verse 8, I believe. Psalm 71 in verse 8, let my 
mouth be filled with thy praise and with thine honor. How long? All day long. You know, you can praise God all day long riding in your car, <laughs> walking down the street. You don't have to, you know, make a show, you know, let, let them haul you off. But you can make a show if you want to. But you know what I'm saying, praising God all day long, right? So let me give you some definitions of praise so you'll know what we're going to do here tonight, scriptural. <laughs> in the Hebrew, the word praise is multifaceted. It has a variety of meanings that kind of culminate to give you the full import. But praise in the Hebrew means, it means to shine, right? So that has something to do with our countenance. I dare say you can't praise God with a grumpiness and a, an old sad face, you know. So it means to shine, right? And then another meaning of praise is to make a show. Make a show. Now, what does that mean? Well, just hang around. We'll be demonstrating. <laughs> make a show. Woo! Get happy. Right? So, shine. Make a show. Uh, another one is to celebrate. Anybody ever seen anyone celebrate? Now, uh, how many of you gone to a sporting event of any kind or watched it on television? When people celebrate, they make a touchdown or a field goal or, you know, score a basket. If you're a fan, a real fan, you don't sit there and say, well, isn't that wonderful, Martha? They just scored a touchdown. That's not very exuberant. That's not what I call celebration. When you celebrate, man, you get excited. I mean, when somebody, you're a fan of a football team, and, man, they make a goal or they make a touchdown, you're, whoa! I mean, you're jumping up and down. You're hugging people. You're excited. That's called celebration, right? To shine, to make a show, to celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. And to commend or speak favorably of to commend or speak favorably there's the mouth part along with the physiological expressions if i were to commend someone and say hey praise and worship team what an awesome job tonight you brought in the presence of the lord thank you so much what am i doing i'm speaking favorably of them so all of these facets constitute praise in the hebrew shine make a show Celebrate, commend, and speak favorably of all that God has done for us in Christ. Father, thank you that you have made us new creations in Christ, that all things have passed away, all things have become new. Thank you that you cleansed us from sin through your own precious blood, Jesus. Thank you that you raised us up and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ. Thank you that greater are you that is in us than he that is in this world. You see what I mean? Just thanking him for who he is, what he has done for us in Christ. Then the Greek definition is, is the genuine, that would be heartfelt, confession. There's your mouth again. This is praise in the Greek. The genuine confession of facts 
in one's life that gives praise or glory to God. Now, what does that mean? That would mean the things that He has done for you personally. When He saved you, delivered you, turned your life around, and you want to give Him thanks for it. When He saved your kids, when He helped you pay that bill and you didn't know how in the world you were going to do it, when He delivered you from drugs or alcohol or whatever, when He healed your body and, man, it didn't look like it was going to happen, you know, with the doctors and so forth. How many, has anybody in here ever been healed by the power of God? I mean healed, really, genuinely healed uh, by, by, the, by, by the Lord. Amen. How beautiful. Amen. Isn't God good? So the genuine confession of facts in one's life that brings praise or glory to God. Right? What He's done for you. So, it just seemed good to me in the Holy Ghost tonight that we should just start this thing off with a bang. You know what? Get happy around here. Celebrate the goodness of God. And we're going to do that in several ways. First of all, in a moment. Excuse me. Give me just a little bit more, Mike, and I won't push quite as hard. Not much, but just a little. In a moment, I'm I'm going to ask you to stand. Not now, but in a moment. And then I'm going to count to three. And when we do... I want us just to give a corporate shout of praise to God. It's going to be a little bit because I want to share some other things with you. But we're going to give God a corporate shout of praise. Each of us begin to praise Him, make a show, shine, celebrate, and thank Him for the things that He has done for us in Christ, right? And just, man, just get happy about it. And then I'm going to ask, you say, well, why are we going to do that? Well, because the Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 34, what does it say? Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because He's good. <laughs> and His mercy endures forever. So He's worthy of it. Amen? So we're going to give Him thanks. And then I'm going to ask different ones of you, as your heart prompts you, to come up here and to tell us something good God has done for you in your life. Uh, You know, there's something about declaring the goodness of God. If He's blessed you financially or helped you, uh, you know, kept you from losing something, (laughs) or blessed you with something, or healed your body, or saved or delivered, or turned your life around, just, you know, anything that He's done that's been a blessing, come and tell it. Now, now, why would we do that? Well, here's a good scripture. The psalmist said in Psalm uh, 35 and 28, Psalm 35, 28, in the King James, it says, My tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day. Now, the Living Bible says, listen to this, I will tell everyone how good and how great, or how great and how good you are. I'm going to tell everybody. I'll praise you all day long. I'm not going to keep it a secret what you've done for me. I'm going to tell everyone how good you are. 
So I'm going to make an opportunity for a, a few of you as your heart prompts you. And you say, well, I've never come in front of anybody. Well, just come on. Tell it. Right? Encourage people. It blesses people when they hear what God's done for us. Right? And, and now I'll say this as nice as I can. I, I don't want, uh, you know, we don't want a life story. Right? We don't have time for that. We don't want our latest revelation. We don't want to preach a sermon. We want to come give a testimony, a short, concise, headliners testimony of something the Lord's done for you. And when you do, guess what we're going to do? We're going to celebrate. We're going to get happy with you. We're going to rejoice in the goodness of God. And we're going to add a little something on the end of that. We're not only going to praise God for what He has done and what He is doing, And we're also praising God for what He's done in our lives. But we're going to praise God for what He is about to do. Now, you know, there is power in praise. And it's not just emotionalism. If you think it's just emotionalism, you're missing the whole substance of what praise is actually about because praise is powerful. Because when you and I begin to praise God, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. And man, praising God can turn seemingly hopeless situations around. I've seen with my own eyes people healed, not with a prayer line, praising God. I had a lady send a testimony in, uh, and this was from 10 years ago. But she said, I just wanted to tell you, I just saw you on Facebook and wanted to tell you something. She said, I was in one of your services, and at the end of the service, you said, Some, we need to praise God. And we started praising the Lord. And she said, I felt like I should run. And she said, but I didn't because I had high heels on. And I, didn't, I was looking pretty, and I didn't want to get messed up. So she said, I didn't run. And she said, it was all over, you know, things had simmered down. And, and then she said, you said, someone did not take the opportunity that, that God was prompting you. And, and, and if you'll obey him, you'll be healed. She said, I had asthma all my life. And she said, I took off those high heels. Nobody else. She said, I, and now I was all by myself running. I could have run with the group. But she said, I took off running, and she said, Mr. Blackwelder, she said, I got around there. She said, I was completely healed. She said, I have not had asthma in 10 years. <laughs> Isn't God good? So there is power in praise. I think one of our beautiful stories over here, let, let's just look at that, and then we'll act upon it. But look in uh, First Chronicles, or let me see, is it Second Chronicles? Yeah, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let's look at this story because it is a, it's powerful. You remember that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and I don't know what you might be facing tonight, but praise might be your answer. You've prayed your prayer. You've stood your ground. You've claimed God's promise by faith. Sometimes there's nothing else left to do but just praise God. <laughs> Are you with me? So here's Jehoshaphat, man. He, he, he gets a, a message. Somebody comes in and says, hey. There is a huge army from Edom, east of the Dead Sea, coming this way. They've already crossed the border, and they're at En Gedi. And they're a massive amount of people. And, of course, the Bible says, man, at first of all, he, man, he was a little afraid. He, you know, it, sometimes the initial reaction can be fearful. But then he did the right thing. He set himself to seek God. And he started talking about how awesome 
And you can read it later. How big, how mighty. You can read in verse 6 where he said, you know, hey, man, are you not the God of heaven? Does your kingdom not rule over all the kingdoms of men? And here these Edomites or these Moabites and Amorites are. We let them stay in the land and were merciful to them. And now they're rising up against us in a great company. Uh huh. He said, What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Sometimes I like that. Lord, what are you going to do about it? Right? Now notice, verse 12. Verse 12. Oh, our God, will thou not judge them? We have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Sometimes you find yourself in situations like that. Man, I don't really know what to do, but I'll tell you one thing I do know to do. I'm going to put my eyes on you. I'm going to keep my trust in you and my confidence in you. And that's what he said, man. My eyes are upon you. And, of course, then uh, the Holy Ghost came upon Jehaziel, and he began to prophesy. And I want you to notice in verse 15 what the Lord said through Jehaziel. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Now notice, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And then in verse 17, he said, You will not need to fight in this battle. Now, what that means is, hey, it's not going to be by your natural ability, your natural wisdom, your natural resources, how you can figure it all out. He said, you will not have to fight in this battle. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. Fear not or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them. The Lord will be with you. Isn't that comforting? (laughs) Glory. So verse 19, the Levites and the children of the Kohites and the children of the Korites, whatever they are, all the otherites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a teeny weeny little voice. Is that what it says? (laughs) That's the way some churches read it. No. They stood up to praise God in a loud voice. I don't know what it is. Sometimes you just need to get loud. We just thought, I thought we'd start this thing off with a bang. Let every devil around here know we're here. Going to have a good weekend. The Holy Ghost and God's in the camp. (laughs) With a loud voice. Now, here's the battle plan. Watch this. I'm talking about praise can also be very powerful. Lillian B. Yeomans once said, and she was a medical doctor and had a tremendous healing ministry. She said, praise God hastens victory. There's something about praising God in the way He told us to praise Him that can move heaven and earth. Watch this. Verse 21, When He had consulted with the people, He appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. Now notice, the singers. I'm sure there were some choir members missing that day. Mr. Jehoshaphat, my throat's bothering me. You know. 
No, he consulted with them. He said, hey, here's the battle plan. We're going to put the praisers out in front. And notice they had no natural weapons. They had only the garment of praise. And man, they got out in front. And look, verse 22, and when, not before, no, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Notice, when they began, it was like they pulled the trigger. Praising God sometime can be like pulling the trigger. Man, you've stood your ground. I mean, there's some stuff going on, but then all of a sudden you pull the trigger and you unleash a deluge of the power of God and He begins to do what He does. Deliver, redeem, heal. Amen? <laughs> and, and what I love about this, if you read the, the rest of the story, they show up. They finally get over the hill where they can see this vast army, and when they get there, it says they were just absolutely dumbfounded or, you know, just amazed they stood in awe because they were already smitten. They didn't even see what was going on. They're praising God. They're pulling the trigger of praise. God is working miraculously. And men, when they finally got over there to see what was going on, it was already taken care of. You can get home tonight after praising God here, and see that thing's taken care of, already set in motion. Now look, I'm not just preaching. I'm telling you the gospel truth. There's, there is power in praise. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to praise God. I know there's just a handful of us. Who cares? We're going to have a ball. We're going to shout with a shout of victory. In a moment, then I'm going to ask different ones of you, come give God glory. If he healed you, I don't care if it was 25 years ago or yesterday, come tell us in a short, concise way. If he's blessed your life, blessed your family, if these pastors in this church has been a blessing to you, right, come tell it. I know you've been blessed by the Word of God, right? And when you do, man, we're going to get happy. I'll have you come stand up here and so forth. And then we'll end after we do our little shout and then our testimonies, we're going to end with a final praise with this in mind. Whatever you need, whatever situation needs divine intervention, whatever situation needs a, a turnaround, so to speak, uh, let's just activate it by our praise. Are you with me? All right, everybody stand up tonight. I know it's short and sweet, but we're just going to start off this way, and then we'll just go as the weekend progresses. All right? I'm from a very humid climate. <laughs> but it's humid up here, isn't it? Somewhat, not as much. Okay. Are you guys ready to praise Him? Now, we're going to, on the count of three, we're going to give a shout. And we're going to start a track. And just, man, we're just going to have a shouting time. Are you, you know, what are we shouting about? Well, first of all, we're praising God. And thanking Him for what He has done for us in Christ, who He is, magnifying Him, and telling Him how much we love Him. Is that all right? Okay. Are you ready? One. Now, I'll tell you what. I might turn this little thing around here so I can hear the microphone. You can put a little bit in here if you don't mind. That way, if somebody gives testimony, I get to hear it. 
Is that all right? Testing one, two, three. I'll just wait just a second. Test, test, test. Just a little bit more if you can. There it is. That's good. All right. Are you ready? Did you come to praise God on Friday night? Anybody ready to make a show? Celebrate? Shine? Now, listen, I want to tell you this because... I know you guys are ready, but some places you go, you know, they're just not. You know, it's like I try to tell them, hey, let me tell you something. You know, some people say, oh, that's just a bunch of emotionalism. But that same person will sit at home on Sunday afternoon during football season with a bag of potato chips and a Dr. Pepper and go crazy. Why? But, yeah, they can't do it for Jesus. Jesus did a lot more than take a bag of wind down the field. Woo! He redeemed us. Are you ready? All right. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bring that track way up, way up. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise, Father. Hallelujah. Give me. Thank you, Lord. As much as you can give me. Give me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We praise you, Lord. Give you glory. Down there. Hey. He's worthy. (laughs) We love you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you for who you are. What you've done. Thank you for your kindness and your mercy and your goodness, oh God. Oh, we give you praise. (laughs) Oh, you've been good, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You woke us up this morning. Started us on our way. Give him the glory. Woo! Give him praise. Hey! We got a right to praise him. Woo! Oh, yeah, yeah, you've got a right to praise Him. Woo! You've got a right to praise Him. You ought to praise the Lord. You've got a right to praise Him. Hey! Hey! He woke us up this morning. Started us on our way. Give Him the glory. want somebody more of this in the monitor. I want somebody to come up here and tell us how good God's been to you. Somebody come give testimony. Come on right here. Whoa, tell us how good he's been. God is so good. He is He is going to bring bring the volume down when she so they can hear her out there. He has turned our finances around. Still getting checks in the mail. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I just got a promotion at work, a raise and a promotion at work, and I got four sons that love the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Somebody else come tell us how good he is. Come on, honey. Come tell us how good he is. some testimonies out there. Come on, somebody. Think about something good the Lord's done for you. Oh, yeah. Come on, give me a few more testimonies. Come on. Several of you raised your hand that the Lord had healed you. Come up here, honey. Tell us how good he is. Well, this story is about 55 years old. That's good. That's good. (laughs) When I was born, I was two and a half Pounds, I weighed two and a half pounds. The whole church was praying for me, and the Lord brought me through, and I'm here today. Glory to God. He had a plan, and he had a purpose, didn't he? <laughs> come on, somebody come up here and testify. Did he save your kids? Did he heal your marriage? Come on, brother. Did he give you a good? Woo, come on. All right, so, so all right, she was two pounds. She's my wife now, and she's blessed. God has blessed me with her. And she is a wonderful inspiration and help to me. God's also given me an, a, a platform to be able to speak to other young people in this world and to tell them of his love and his goodness. Glory, Glory to God. God. Amen, Amen, brother. You Hallelujah. <clears throat> you can turn it down. I don't know. It got a little bit louder there in this way. All right. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come tell us. The monitor's a little bit too late. Come on, brother. All right, tell us how good he is. <laughs> the monitor's feeding back just a little bit. how good he's been to you. I just want to say um, this week has been uh, a busy week. And uh, just before I came to church, I was really sitting on the chair and I could have just stayed there and slept. I was beat. But I came in and when you start talking about the praise, Mm -hmm. it's something that it loosens something in our spirit. And I just thank God for our church family here because you all have been each and every one of you have been such a blessing to my myself and my whole family and i just say thank god thank god, Amen. Thank god. hallelujah 
Come on, let's praise Him a little bit more in here. Woo! Come on, give me one or one or two more. One or two more testimonies. You want to come testify? Come on, honey. Come testify. Tell us how good God's been to you. I don't know why I'm getting that feedback. I'm so, I probably messed you up here. I'm trying to turn it away from me so I don't run into you. All right, go ahead. Well, recently I um, had the chance to travel to uh, another state, and I was really blessed because the ministry got to pay for my lodging, and they, they took care of me, my food and everything. And then again, last week I you know, got to travel. The Lord blessed me by upgrading my, my hotel room to a much more you know, bigger room with you know, fancy stuff inside. And I'm thinking, Lord, I like this. Thank you. <laughs> That's called divine favor. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Give me one more. Give me one more. Come on, somebody else. All right, come on up here and tell us how good he's been. There's, there's too much that I could say, but thank God for his protection. Can you turn this up in the Oh, it's up in the house. For, for people who, are, who were in the right place at the right time, I have, because of that, I have two grandbabies who are alive today, and my daughter's still alive. Oh, Satan tried to stop it, but woo, glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Crank it up, brother. Come on, honey. Come testify. We all, we got a right to praise him. All right. Tell us how good. Okay. So I always try to not take it personally when pastor dad starts preaching things that go in hand in hand with what daughter is going through in life. Um, But most of you all know the saga that happened with big sister. And this is when I cry. Um, And we were believing for different with this one. You know, I had I had a prayer team from Zoe, and my word, they were praying. I love my church family. Um, and lo and behold, we had another C-section happen. And trying not to ask God those questions, I said, Lord, this isn't how it was supposed to be. And listening to this series and, and coming out on the other side, he goes, what do you mean it's not how it's supposed to be? You weren't supposed to have a healthy baby? You weren't supposed to have that amazing doctor? You weren't supposed to have the anesthesiologist who held your hand? You weren't supposed to have the nurses that saved your life when you started to hemorrhage in your room? You weren't supposed to have that? But I did. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't God good? I want to ask you a question now. We said we're going to praise Him for what He's done. Thanking Him personally. How many of you got some situations you just need the divine intervention? You need to see some things turn around. You need to see God's hand in it. Well, let's just praise Him in advance because 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says, Having not seen, yet believing, right? Having not seen it, yet believing... You do something. What? You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So I'm going to ask you a question. Because you've heard it said your celebration is a demonstration of your faith in the fact that God has heard your prayer and the answer's on the way. So what, how would you act? How would you praise God if you knew you had the answer because you do? Turn it up, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! 
I said, how would you praise Him? How would you praise Him? You might need to run a little bit, shout a little bit, dance a little bit. <laughs> Woo! When, when they began to praise Him, the Lord set ambushments. When they started, when they pulled that trigger. Woo! Somebody's pulling the trigger in here tonight. <laughs> Somebody's pulling a trigger. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Oh, yeah. I said somebody's pulling a trigger. Oh, yeah, come up here and give it. Come give your testimony. She wants to give her testimony. Come right here. As you all know, We've been going through this whole year. My husband's sickness. He had prostate cancer. Praise be to God. The church was praying. And the cancer is gone. Praise God. He's had back problems. He's had back problems. That is going on the move. That's going. So I give God all the praise. And my church family, I just love them. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hey, sometimes you praise God in advance for it. Amen. Well, let's shout one more time in here. It sounds like he's been good to you. Zoe Christian Fellowship and its members in particular. Woo! You want to come finish your testimony? <laughs> oh, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We give you praise. You've been so good to us. You've been good to the members of this church. You have been continually faithful. And we thank you for it. And we believe right now, as we've praised you tonight, and we've praised you with purpose, that you're working, not with flesh and blood, but with the power of God in circumstances and situations that concern us. And we think they're taking a turn for good in the name of Jesus. And everybody believes it? Say amen. (laughs) Now, I believe we're going to have more testimonies just on this praise thing. Amen? Hallelujah. (laughs) I don't know about you. I'm just not quite finished praising God. Glory. (laughs) He's been good to you, honey, Bubba. (laughs) Hey, I know he's been good to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you've got a right to praise Him. We got a right. You've got a right to praise Him. Woo, He's good. He's good. 
He woke us up this morning, started us on our way. Give Him glory. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Let's all give Him glory. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. It is good to give thanks unto His name. I will tell everyone how good and how great you are. And hey, it's just beginning. Amen? You're going to see some things turn around, come into fruition for you. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. Lord, we love you. We give you you praise. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I had some things I was praising God for in advance. How many of you had some things you were praising for Him in advance? Amen? Well, hold to it now. Just know He's working. When they began to praise, they pulled that trigger of praise. Then the Lord sit ambushments began to work in that situation. Right? So we, we did that on purpose. We don't, not haphazardly. We released our praise on purpose. Right? And, and God is moving. God is working. Pastor, we love you. This is just our little celebrations get start tonight. <laughs> and we're going to have a good time this weekend now. Woo, you come on back. Bring somebody with you. Amen. I will turn it back to Pastor.